it. Okay, welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. Today you are in for a treat. Oh no, where's my camera going? Here it is. Uh, you have we have uh, with you today Black Belt Extraordinaire Alessandra Moss. She has graced the world stage with uh, many, many uh, big level names, high level names like uh, who are we? Nicole Sullivan, Elizabeth Clay. And many more. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the invite for Ethan and Kim. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Awesome. So where in the world are you, LA? Where are you today? So I am in San Diego and I've been here for the last uh, year and a half, I would say. So being lucky enough to be stuck here during quarantine. Nice. A good place to be quarantined. And do you get to do any training in that time? Is that like, yeah. Is, is training... So, yeah, for during the quarantine, we did kind of slow down a little bit uh, based on the situation we're going around. And a lot of people that we were in contact uh, had uh, family members that either being military or um, they were in the, on the risk zone area. So we, we kind of decided to slow down. Jiu-Jitsu didn't felt that important in the moment mm -hmm. as much as the health of our loved ones. Beautiful. So during that time, I actually took a, took a, a little bit of time away in the mats to um, dedicate it to other projects. And I was able to help a friend with her uh, page called Hebo Chibold. And we're doing like daily workouts and we had a great time actually recording pictures and like videos and pictures. So we kind of used that time to engage for new adventures, which was fantastic. Amazing. Right. Yeah. And where are things at now there, Alessandra, with, uh, with training and things like that? Are everything back open again? Is there still restrictions or in some states or how is it? So um, I feel California was one of the states that were very, um, very rigorous with the laws and the rules. So we were, were punished a little bit more, I would say. Punished just because I felt like now we have an answer, but still uh, everybody's being very cautious. So now we're back to training, but even December to January, we were in a scenario where um, the government were being very restrict with us, California, uh, where if we were training during the holidays, it was about like not getting a fine for your gyms, but they were going to be shut down if uh, any gym were, wow. were going, could be fine training. So it was a lot of, a lot of work gaming and decisions always based on what is the best for the community. So we're very lucky that our team did a great support, uh, keeping up the, the membership and supporting us. So we're able to hold up on that period of time. But I would say since February, uh, March this year, things started to ease off a little bit more, especially when the vaccine came around. Um, I think the United States were kind of pioneer um, delivery and getting people vaccinated. So now we're back to normal training, even the competition. We just got announced that the World, uh, World 2021 will be held in Anaheim, which is uh, our first big event for IBJJF in California. So it's a huge improvement. Um, so we are, I would say now on this stage, uh, in moment, we are back to normal. That's great. And what, well, like over that time, because you said you, Kind of moved out into other projects and i guess opened your mind to other possibilities because you were you, you had to how has right. that like how do you feel about jujitsu now do you feel like 
refreshed and invigorated about it or do you feel like you've lost some connection with it or do you feel like you've grown differently with it? How do you feel about it? I think you ended up uh, realizing that the dedication we put into jiu-jitsu competition training and the discipline, um, there's a fear of us that if we don't do jiu-jitsu, I'm good in something else. So we realized uh, for me, the realization is I can do everything so well as when I focus on my nothing I'm good at jiu-jitsu or the same. When I won the competition, I got focus and discipline for that that goal. And I was able to transfer the same determination and open-minded as a white belt to learn and to accept people um, feedback, advice, and information. So I use the time to do studying, like I said, um, learning how to do video and becoming like a video recorder and mm. editing everything else, which was a lot of fun. Mm. So during the time, because you had jiu-jitsu and coming back to the jiu-jitsu scenario now, I would say we'll be a, a two different scenarios, being able to train during the period and be with my professors here. I would definitely feel my jiu-jitsu would be kind of two steps forward at the moment. Um, and obviously not be able to train as much or even just be in the, on, on the mat time, which would say using that, that time to sparring. Mm -hmm. I feel that my jiu-jitsu is a little bit behind, but again, I can't complain. I worked um, eight and a half years to be here in San Diego. Even that I didn't thought about moving to live here. I thought about coming over for six months of time, or three months of time and do my camps and just learning from Professor Clark and the whole team in here. Mm. So now I'm here living the dream. So it felt like, oh, finally got there. I, there was this pressure about, I got it, I have to perform. Mm. Um, and especially in this last competition, I think was a great example. I was mentally ready. I was perfect timing. I had people want to fight against. I was burning out and I got super sick and didn't perform. Right. So what I had to say is it hurts. Um, but again, the question is, how is my jiu-jitsu? I feel there's so much improved. Um, I'm very lucky to be able to visit other academies, to have a great relationship with other professors and um, athletes where I'm able to go there and develop and learn and just watch. I feel I feel like I'm white belt again. <laughs> Yeah. Some days are great, some days are not so great, but every day in the mats, uh, what I think is uh, my overall uh, learn or lesson is no frustration. So quarantine was about that. Now, don't be frustrated. There's just enough you can do. I were able to come over to the United States and get my whole paperwork and visas and, and set myself here for success. And there was a time they couldn't do anything. So going to the gym right now and training with the best people and get literally tapped every training or almost every round just because we keep pushing the pace harder and harder. Amazing. Uh, and not be frustrated, understanding that, hey, yes, I have a black belt on my waist right now, but um, just keep it going. Don't get frustrated. The, the less frustrated I get, the more I learn, the more joy I find. And the more excited uh, it's it's been the time I'm at. So that's so overtaking for, for the whole scenario, quarantine. Yeah. 
that detachment and that um, shifting your view of training, even though you have a black belt, is so powerful. And it applies to every belt, of course, but just if people could just drop their frustration and find the joy in anything, whether it's a lockdown, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's their marriage, whatever, life mm-hmm. is better, right? Oh, for sure. And, and again, I keep saying to my, my family, like my family, we, we talked a lot about what should I do moving forward and maybe come back to the United States um, on later on to, to persuade this, this dream and this um, desire. But my my thing is I trust my heart, I trust my guts. And I was like, I said to them, hey, I waited for so long to be here. And again, I can't let this frustration or this security. There is something security. If I go back to New Zealand, I have a full status of my citizenship so I can work in anywhere. I can kind of do whatever I want there, work related financially. And here I'm very restrained. So it's, it's very challenging. You don't get the puzzles right. Um, and something that Professor, um, one of my teammates from Brazil, um, just came over two weeks ago to San Diego and he and his wife is still here for another week. But he was a black belt when I first started the mats. I remember my first day stepping on the mats in Brazil for my original team uh, for Ronaldo Cruz. Uh, his nickname is Haspinha, like sweep, person that sweeps. And now they're checkmate. Uh, so this teammate of mine, his name is Abraão Amorim. He was teaching a seminar for us and it was really enlightening because he was using this uh, analogy, saying that, you're using the right technique for the right wrong timing. That means you got a puzzle for the, the right picture, but you're not put in the right spot. Mm. So it doesn't matter. You got super good at something and you have this great technique that you want to apply. I don't know. Let's go back to with Lassogard. And but it was the wrong timing. There was no space for the last was time for the hero. So it's a great analogy that he used. It's like, don't get frustrated. Don't let everything go because you're not using the right move in the right time. That means it's going to be the wrong move, however the greatest you do ever. So that's what I was saying to him. It's funny because that's what happened to me coming over here. Like I got everything kind of set up and waiting for it. There's a lot of challenges, like puzzles and pieces that I can put it together now because something else has to happen. Uh, but it's a challenge. So I wouldn't go back home right now to change like surgery, knowing that I have a job or have everything set and to be here right now, just like struggling on the sense of challenge mm-hmm. and thinking how I can get this, how I can get the other thing done. And again, fighting, like you said, fighting now as a black belt, fighting against the best people in the world, like Elizabeth Clay, huge admiration for older girls uh, on, on the mats because everyone that arrived to this level They've been through a lot. Same with the guys. No disregards to, to the, everybody's hard, hard work. But as you arrive on this level now, it's very humbling. And the expectations that we have, a little bit of our ego, that things like, oh, I really want to perform and do well. But I believe God's on, on, on in charge and there's a time for everything. Everybody works hard. This time right now is the other girl. So... Professor Boogeyman said that, uh, Richie said, lucky damn that today wasn't your day. So let's keep it working because when is your day? There is no luck to anybody. So I really like that. And that's where I keep going, you know, time on the mats, hard work. Don't let the frustration take over and just keep it like this massive picture and the puzzles that you want to put in there and it will come around. Wow. And Ella, you and I got to know each other at mostly uh, through the 
be a mosquito Letitia Havera camp in New Zealand, which you basically organised. Can you tell us about that? Tell us uh, a bit of background about that camp, how you put it together, and, yeah, whether in the future there might be any more? Yeah, so it was such a great time. Um, it was funny because... Number one, thank you for you ladies coming from Australia, coming from Japan. We had a girl from China, I think it was uh, somewhere around Canada. Asia. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Japan. Japan yeah. Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. So we had the girls from everywhere coming over. And that for me was like the ecstasy because um, the highlight, all the support I had the, the female community, even though we didn't meet each other personally, we kind of like a bounce it off and have the conversations and your girls came over um never had organized an event on that magnitude before so it was very overwhelming and i was like i had so many um spreadsheets like excel spreadsheets to organize everything make sure everything would be tidy um so it was a great connection number one um i always admire leticia ribeiro she uh, Leticia Ibeiro, Michelle Nicolini, and Kira Grace were the first three female that I was exposed to. They were the first three that was in high-level competition. Like uh, Alessandra also is one of the older, the first comp- competitors are female, but I didn't got to see her videos at the time. So Professor Leticia, she was, she has a great influence on my mindset in jiu-jitsu and be able to bring her over to New Zealand was actually more a um, kind of that dream moment when you when you meet your your idol you know so as you girls were like enlightened I was up to the moon you know just be able to have her and be with with us there so for me my main goal was make sure everybody's going to have a great time we could share world-class jiu-jitsu and plant more seeds on women's heart that we can train, we can work hard, we can have families, we can be this strong female and still feminine, still authentic, and go there and have a good time for a week or so, go back home and train and spread more of these other seeds of jiu-jitsu. For me, that was one of the outtakes because I felt that, like you said, I get messages for girls all the time asking how I am or I check on them with you. And it feels like that little uh, cycle that keeps coming back, but always stronger. So for me, it was a number one. Meet Latisa and Bia. I was able to get closer from them. I Because we had to get to know each other to work together. I was able to, when I was visiting uh, in 2018, and I think I was able to go to the academy and train for them. They always received me for like open heart, get awesome training with the ladies there. And then when I got them with us in New Zealand, it was even better because we got to know them more on a personal level where we are able to share our experiences. And for me, again, I was able to sit down at the dining table with Letizia Iberia, just hear the stories and the things that I watched in the videos as a white belt in 2011. And then now I was just sitting down there like, goodness it's just like so special and I could um I couldn't just get my mind around it you know how special was that moment and with you ladies when I step in um because um Aiden uh just giving the picture the academy was um it was like a three three levels stairs so as you arrive on this uh, location you can't hear anything 
But as you went upstairs, you just started to hear this mumbling, this rumbling sound. And then close your God, I was on the academy. It was like 80 ladies wow. waiting for Letice and Bia to start. And everybody with this big smile, like it's Christmas Eve wow. every day, seven days of Christmas Eve. I was just breathtaking for me. Uh, some days it could be in the mat, some days it couldn't be in the mat. I just sitting there watching everybody um, excitement and having a good time. That was a chair on the cake. Yeah. Hopefully That's, we're gonna do more. Do I don't more. know yet. Yeah. We see. But yeah, we'll see. finishing yeah. that one. Hopefully we can do more. Based on the quarantine, we kind of like we we talked about it at in beer, professors, with in beer. And it was more about how it was unsettled. So you never know. I'm here in the United States for probably another two years. So I need just to kind of gather my puzzle, how we'll do. It's either have two locations that she would like to do the, the next event. So I think we'll just base on that. When our restrictions going down and then getting the location for us to make it happen. Awesome. Can you talk, can you about, oh, is it my turn, Kim? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. You <laughs> talked about... Um, Professor Boogeyman and Professor Clark. I'm thinking you're talking about Richie Martinez and um, That's right. Clark Gracie. I'm guess, I'm just guessing here, but like, what's it like to train <laughs> sorts of people? And have, like, are they your coaches? Who is your coach? Like, what? It sounds so, like great people. I was. Uh, I'm very lucky to be awarded my black belt under Professor Clark Grace, who is my professor. Mm-hmm. But I'm very lucky to always be kind of taking under their arms of other professors as well. I, I love learning. I always respect other gyms and um, Team Planet does have a special place on the heart. Mm. Professor uh, Boogeyman has such a I love that. beautiful way how to teach Jiu-Jitsu, which is so funny because Professor Clark and Professor Boogeyman has a very similar game, but one no gi and another no gi. Mm. So, uh-huh. It, it is like so funny. Sometimes I show up for classes on like on our academy, which is a uh, Car Grace um, Grace Allegiance HQ on Monday. And then we learned the technique uh, from, for example, that actually what happened two weeks ago. It was um, defenses from um, butterfly guard, just how the way how we're blocking the head and moving our legs around and starting to go on plata or changing for triangles. Uh, and um, Tuesday we went to Professor uh, Boogie's class at Team Planet, and he was teaching pretty much the same initial setup, the same push, and then everything changed from there. But the concept of the position was the same. I was like, this is just priceless. Like, <laughs> I was really awesome, and I was just laughing watching. Was like. If those two men just knew what are you doing, and for me it was just like being on the other side of the the table, receiving the information. So for me, being a student, which in New Zealand I was one that as a brown belt, female brown belt at the time, was one of the higher belts. So you kind of always feel the the not the obligation, but you always kind of share more than you learn. Mm. Um, and here I'm learning then I'm more than I share. Not that I don't want to share, but there's so many amazing black belts here that I'm able to just sit down and just be a student, just take like a little sponge, just like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so yes, so Professor Clark is my professor. That's why I teach. I am a female head coach 
for the kids and female program there. Uh, and that's the reason why I came to the United States. Professor Clark is to being an amazing support for me. And we talked about this option to come over for some time ago. And then when time came, it was just the right thing. Um, but he, Professor Clark also always respects that I told him I like visiting, I like to keep on networking. And because for me, jujitsu is, is to be shared and to be learned. Uh, so living in New Zealand, I didn't have the choice to just stay of three people to train, travel, to bring other girls to meet us and, and meet them and my, my teammates as well. So I'm very open to this concept that go and train where you feel happy. And jiu-jitsu is beyond competition. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So like, let's say, potentially two years in, in the United States. So I want to take the best time in my life here now um, and see what's going to happen later. But now what I have is have a good time, learn a bunch. And Professor Boogie opened up the doors for me to be able to go and visit and even in Atos um, with um, Galvão and Angelica, they also opened the doors for me to be able to go there and visit, um, which is it's, it's awesome to go there as well. I don't do as often just because location is a little bit like hard for me with uh, Boogie's easier. Um, Professor Leticia, and then I have a, at least like five gyms that come on top of my head that are very, either Professor's car professor, which is uh, Rodrigo Medeiros, then other two professors, I would say, come over and visit. Lucky. <laughs> and uh, tell us a, about your beginning. So you've been in New Zealand, you're there now, like, uh, how did you get started in jiu-jitsu? Was it an easy transition or was it something that just happened or? Right. Very, right. No one actually knows what happens. Like everybody thinks when they see me that I am a New Zealander because my passport and my IDs, everything is New Zealander nowadays. But I'm from Brazil. And when I open my mouth, obviously I can't hide this accent. I was like, can we see a little bit of brown color here? A little bit tan. But um, I'm Brazilian from south of Brazil. And I actually never practice any martial arts until I was 22 years old. I'm 32 right now, so it's been 10 years. Um, my parents started immigration to New Zealand in 2006. So a couple of years later, go, going back and forth, I was able to come back to Brazil in 2009, and I went to North of Brazil. I just want to have the experience to live in my own country and to experience the North because it's beautiful. It's mm. like Australia, it's hot and amazing cool. all year round. Uh, and there you just was very strong. So always being very athletic, always play sports, always being a tomboy, uh, love being physical. Me, my cousins and I were always fighting, always getting in trouble. So uh, that was one of my shorts I did. <laughs> Punching, run, and get punched back. <laughs> <laughs> Hide in the trees and, you know, get in trouble. My mom, like, getting me time out. <laughs> so uh, then finally, 2011, um, I met some uh, black folks that were surfing, and I was surfing as well. And they just invited me to come to the academy, and that's where everything began. I was, at the time, I was, like, disengaging of practicing a specific sport, just having fun. Um, enjoying my life as I was living by myself, you know, 
21 year old taking care of my own my own nose and my own problems yeah so uh, I was searching for something that would actually like working out was was okay but I wanted something that would more that could use a skill sets for life uh and you just kind of came on on this dynamic where I was living by myself on that in that town so I need to know a little bit of self-defense so I thought that would, that would be great that would be boost my confidence like help me if I need to use my hands for something. Uh, and I never thought that I was going to be a black belt jiu-jitsu. So that's how kind of everything began. It was, uh, I just saw it, what are you doing? I didn't got it, what's going on there, but I thought, I want to do this. It looks fun. So good. <laughs> and what is. about like your, so you, you took up jiu-jitsu, then you started to compete. What is, has the competing process like has your mindset needed a lot of work or did you were you just an awesome competitor from day one did you struggle with nerves you know all this like tell us about your competitive style I guess right so I also when I started you just I never thought about competition my team does compete a lot in Brazil and I have to say my competition development has a lot to do with my coach my professor, he is very supportive and he's one of the kind I, that I've been seeing around like very few of them. Uh, he was the one that 15 days, I was, I was training like for 15, 20 days. And he came to me and said, hey, we're gonna have a competition this week, like next weekend or so. I think you should compete. And I was like, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I was like, yeah, sure. And then I went away on that day, came back next day and he said, you got a registration then for competition? I was like, which competition? Is... And then he said, the one I talked to you yesterday about. I was like, no, you're joking about it. Like, can't be even serious. Like I've been training like not even 20 days or so. Yeah. So he said, no, no, I think you're going to be fine. Look, the earlier start, the better it will be and a small comp. And they said, there's a trial for the words and you should try it. And I was like, whatever. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So the whole team was around and they keep saying, oh, let's go together. We're going to be there. And he said, if you compete, I'm gonna, I promise you're going to be there coaching you. And I look at him and said, if I compete, you better be there. <laughs> and, it's like, and they're like, I pinky promise they're going to be there. So that's how it started. I was a month and 15 days training jiu-jitsu when I started my first comp. It was at regionals. It was like a trial for the regionals for the words, but like, didn't really matter if you win or lose you could just go the words didn't there wasn't a thing mm -hmm. um and i only knew three moves it was crazy i was like um but it was a lot of fun and i had a great time the fear was huge and i think that's what just suggests me the most every time i'm gonna compete my nerves does get i have to get out my mind a little bit on a lot Mm -hmm. um and what it keeps coming back is a challenge the challenge that every time i felt as i had a competition i had to think okay i need to work in something uh this is what i did this time i have no idea back then how to work from guard or my takedowns wasn't in existing and still like always learning so i had always to set up a goal so i think competition did excel my my jiu-jitsu um mm -hmm. massively and has to do with you have this deadline one you have to make weight so you need to start thinking about what i'm eating what my habits are how many hours of sleep i'm taking 
uh, what are my priorities right now? So can I start to put a, the, the reset back home? So mm-hmm. then when you go to train, you start to think about, okay, now I have to strategize. What do I know? Because as a white belt, blue belt, and even nowadays we have so many, so many body limitations. There are things that we learn and they click very easily, but most of the time body mobility is not there. So you need to kind of drill over and over and over until one day it just shows up and people say, make it look so easy. Like, mm-hmm. really? So I think there's this factor. Competition does that to you. It puts you in perspective. Um, you're there represent yourself. You're there represent your team. And you don't want to let anybody down. So the most important thing, I think, that competition uh, uh, came to me is uh, got me on a great perspective since day one. Be able to compete this first month. I was very lucky for the place where I was that we had competition pretty much every weekend. So I was able to compete a lot as a white blue belt until I got my purple belt and went to New Zealand and kind of everything kind of slowed down. So that was very important for my initiating jujitsu and already being on the on the fire zone. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, my camera, I'm so sorry. Um, Ali, what would you say is your most memorable competition? Like you've competed all over the world. What would be your your favorite? The one that stands out. Right. There, there are several for different reasons. One that was like my most important uh, that I felt for me that I felt like I performed really well. Everything that I had like a dream about it, I was able to do as a blue belt. Um, it was like the best of 2012 blue belt of uh, the state of Sierra, north of Brazil. And they were invited only. It was eight girls and we had like four, four fights. And I was able to do everything I had in my mind. So I had like girls like Talita Linkar, um, trying to remember other couple of girls. They are black belts right now, but they're not here. But Talita Linkar was on, the, on, that, on that car as well. So we fought over in that period. And I ended up getting my finals with one of my teammates. And I was remember she was so strong. She was a Muay Thai fighter. I was like, oh my god, number one, she's my teammate. We sat down and talked. My professor and her and I, like, do we want to fight? What do we feel about it? And we both said, look, we always fight like great rounds in the academy, and we decided to go for it. You know, we said like, let's have a good time. And look, there, if there is anything that's gonna get hurt, we pause. But chokes are good to go. So uh-huh. in my mind, in that moment, that's what we did. Because chokes are like, chokes is not going to get hurt for choke. You're going to have to tap. But, you know, if you get an umbra or something, and say, we just, like, let it let it escape. And let's be nice on that point. But let's have a fun and and go go to town, you know. It would get her back. And that was, like, the, the final. That was on my head. That was, like. I was able to get her back. She stood up. I was like on a little backpack on her. And on my head, I was like, I want to do a bone hair from staining. But I was like, oh my God, am I going to hurt her? But I thought, if I get it, she was going to need, like, give her knees and then she's going to fall. And then we're going to go on the side and I kind of let it go. So that's what happened as a blue belt. I was able to, as my teammate, she stood up. I go to my bone hair. I went sideways and she tapped on there. And I was like, sideways. Wow. That was like, wow, like a blue belt. Can you imagine? I was like, I was on the moon. I was like, never done it again. <laughs> but it was like my my ecstasy of the moment. I was the most excited. It was really good time. She had a good time. I had a good time. No one got hurt. And that was like, as a blue belt, it was the most memorable. 
memorable. Uh, I did compete as a blue belt a lot with like Abu Dhabi trials. Again, got other girls like uh, Catherine from Checkmate, work a lot of good girls as Nachelle um, Jesus. So I was able to experiment fighting for those girls, the blue belt, all in Brazil. So that was uh, like a, a great time. Then I had Australia. Uh, New Zealand, we had the, uh, okay. I suppose everything's coming in my head. So that's Brazil. Then went to New Zealand, started to do MMA, got two uh, amateur fights were, were very, very um, interesting. So it was the most intense time of my training, getting punched on the head and kicked and taken down by the Maori boys that we had training with us, which they're solid. <laughs> they're yeah. solid. Yeah. So if you got one of them down, like in grounding pound with them, you can make it. So, wow. so it was a good time. And I would say it had a huge impact on my training and my mindset during the time. Uh, so my two MMA fights were very interesting. I had a, a good a good experience, both of them. Um, and then go back to Jiu-Jitsu where we had a, my first super fight as a purple belt. It was an event called Artaxias. And I had the pleasure to compete in another purple belt, which had a good time. It was the best fight of the night. I still nowadays walk around and somebody will mention, like in New Zealand, if I walk in the gym, they will say, yeah, sorry, our talk test. The girls had like the best fight of the evening. So it was, it was a great highlight uh, just because we went after each other. It's just like what do you see right now on fight to win and who's number one and people falling off from the stage, you know, we just went for it, you know, no holding backs. I think moving forward as a brown belt in Australia for the Abu Dhabi trials, my first Abu Dhabi trials as a brown belt was such a long time I had competed in jiu-jitsu. I was so nervous and had a great time. So that was a good highlight. Obviously, then coming back to the United States, my first competition at BJJF also as a brown belt. Oh, I was shitting my pants. I'm sorry. There's nothing else I can describe. It was, it was like first time step on the stage where you can see all the best coaches right behind supporting the students. You know, like Nick Sullivan was there. We got like Andre Gavon where all the, the, the black belts are actors behind the you look it over, it's like, don't look it over. Like, pretend if you just don't look at it, they don't exist. <laughs> Amazing. So that's a, it's a big deal, you know, winning or losing. That's why I started to talk to myself um, that I need to be as happy when I lose as when I win because the work that I put it together to get there, unfortunately that day I did decisions or I did mistakes. And that's where I need to work on, but not, again, allow the frustration or anything to take me away from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the finalizing, my biggest highlight, I would say, would be the Abu Dhabi, being as a brown and black. And that's actually supposed to be my last comp. I was about to just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this for fun. Going to finish it off was April 2019. And I was like, this is where I always want to compete at so it's been eight years i'm doing jiu-jitsu i'm very proud of uh, everything that happened where i became where i started to where i am now and i think it's time to move on so i just went and had a great time 19 days training there where i was able to train amazing professors who i was even main, i mentioned over the time i was training two, twice a day uh, like hour and a half two hour session and not did not got bruised on my sheen 
or on, under the armpit, you know, we get all bruised from the grips because they're training with a second degree, four or five degrees black belt. So they're like soft, but so strong. Um, and that was, the whole experience was just like mind blowing. Um, so be able to get second place in Abu Dhabi Pro, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I would like to be first for sure, but I fought with Tamara Silva, which she's in her top game. She's, she's been phenomenal training and competing so much. So again, decisions made it. I remember we had like four matches the day before and I just went home and I went to Drew, Drew, Drew before coming back next day. I woke up, I felt like on the finals, the day on the finals, I felt like a truck had parked the car five times over my body and get yourself together and also compete next day again. It was a mentally was tough and you could see she was so nervous as I was, you know, so that's what I admire in Jiu-Jitsu. When you put it, the other competitors get nervous as you are to step on the stage, that just brings us all together, seeing that we are all fighting on the same, under the same pressure. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. Wow, you rock, you rock. We are, I don't know, I just, I know. I don't know if I rock, I just like you I said. Rock. I, you're seriously like, an unbelievable human being. I thank you so much for coming on. Kim, we're going to have to say goodbye yeah. to this wonderful human being. So maybe I know. I think that's a beautiful place to end it too, actually. Yeah. So thank you so much, Ali, for joining us from the other side oh, of the world. What is wrong with my computer? Um, but, yeah, we will have this episode out soon. If you could share it on your socials, that would be awesome. Help grow our uh, audience. But look forward to seeing you hopefully soon <laughs> in person once, uh, once we can travel. And come back I on know. one day. It feels like so much more we could talk about. So, yeah, come back on another It'll day. It'll be a pleasure. It'll be a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me over and for everybody that are tuning in with us. It's a pleasure, and I can't wait for us to have another talk. Sounds great. Okay. Thanks, Ali. <laughs> All right. See yes, you have soon. A great, a great day. Thank you. See ya. Thank have you. Bye. 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 Bye.